Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. We'll get started in just a moment. If this is your first time here, please consider subscribing so that you may stay up to date with the latest podcast. And if our podcast brings value to your life, please consider sharing it with family and friends. Thanks for listening. And now here's today's podcast. Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church, located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. Grab your Bibles. Turn with me to the 73rd Psalm. Psalm 73. I told you last week that uh, Pastor Bruce Deal would be here this morning. To, to preach, and uh, he had uh, another place that he needed to go. He was trying to, he was double, double parked today. He needed to be in Dallas, Texas. So uh, I told him, absolutely. He was very gracious. He said, Listen, if you need me, I'll be there. But if you can give me a little grace, uh, I need to be in Dallas. And I said, You go do what you need to do. And he's going to be here on the 24th of April. So uh, you're stuck with me this morning. I'm sorry about that. Um, but you can come back on the 24th and hear Bruce, all right? Uh, Psalm 73. We're, gonna, we're not going to read a scripture right now, so just leave that open on your phone or in your lap, and uh, we'll dive into the Word of the Lord together. Let's pray. Father, thank you for a chance to worship you today. We appreciate, Lord, so much the way you inhabit the praises of your people as you always do, because you said you would. Lord, I pray that you would anoint now this time in your Word. I pray, God, that you would, uh, that you would speak to us from your Word. God, I pray that, uh, that you would help us not just to be hearers, but doers of your word. And I pray, Lord, especially today, that encouragement and faith, Lord, and peace and comfort would rise from your word. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to dive into Psalm 73 this morning, and, and it's a little different than we normally do, but we're actually going to go kind of verse by verse today because, because I think that's, what, that, that's how the Lord wants to communicate what it is that he wants to say to us. I love Psalm 73 um, because to me, it's as real as it gets. Psalm 73 is real life, okay? And, and, and today, I just felt like the Lord drew me to this passage because we need to talk about some real, honest stuff today, Okay? Uh, I, I believe that God wants to draw us close today. I believe he wants to bring some understanding. I believe he wants to bring some healing and some comfort and some strength. He wants to renew. But we're going to have to be willing to get real honest today. Amen. We're going to have to be willing to get real today. Sometimes, sometimes you have to say out loud the things that scare you the most. Sometimes you have to say out loud the things that are holding you hostage on the inside. And that's, that's what this psalmist did. His name was Asaph. He was one of the worship leaders for David and King Solomon. Uh, but he does that. He sort of bears his soul, pulls back the curtains of what goes on in his mind uh, in this psalm. And so this message today is called, Then I Understood. Then I Understood. So we're just going to dive in today. The first verse, Psalm 73 Verse 1, truly God is good to Israel. That, in the Old Testament terms, that's the church. Truly God is good to Israel to those whose hearts are pure. Now that's a wonderful spiritual truth, isn't it? God is good, isn't he? God is good. Not only to Israel, but he's good to everybody. 
The word says he makes it rain on the just and the unjust. He's good to people, not because people are good, but just because God's good. He's just good to people because he's good. And this verse points out he's especially good to those whose hearts are pure, people who have a committed relationship with the Lord. And now, that seems like an innocent enough statement, right? We say things like that in church all the time. But that's also where the problem started for Asaph. See, we come to church and we declare these rousing statements of faith like that. And, we, and now we say, God is good all the time, right? We say, that, we say those things. And He is. The problem is, sometimes we say this stuff without even thinking about it. Sometimes we, it's not so much a testimony of faith as it is a repetition of something we've memorized. It's just a social cue, like it's something we feel obligated to say. Or in the case of Asaph, sometimes what we declare in the group and what we experience as individuals doesn't always line up. You say, John, how do you know that's a problem for Asaph? Well, look at the first line of the very next verse. In the first line of verse 2, so let me just for, but as for me, but as for me. God's good to Israel, he said. God's good to Israel, especially the ones who are committed to the Lord. But as for me. See, I, I know what we talk about in church, but I'm having a hard time with it on Monday morning. Right? I know what we sing about, and it's encouraging, but I'm putting our Sunday morning declarations up against my Monday through Saturday reality, and something's not working. I, I'm putting my Sunday morning declarations up against the headlines on the news this week, and something's off. I'm, I'm, putting, up the, uh, I'm putting them up against the experiences of me and my friends and my family, and I'm having a hard time getting these things to balance out. I know we say God is good, but some of the things that I see and some of the things that I've been through and some of the things that are going on in this world, they're not good. And I feel caught in the middle. Am I in the right place this morning? So what happens if you're, if you're not careful with go, those kinds of thoughts is, is finished up in the rest of that verse. So, it, But as for me... Asaph said, I almost lost my footing. Come on, my feet were slipping and I was almost gone. There are things that happen in this life that will confuse us and make us question everything that we've ever known or thought we knew. And if we're not careful, we'll find ourselves in a place where we're thinking about giving up. Amen. Thinking about walking away. I told you we got to get real today. And we have to get real with ourselves, and we have to get real with God. But I hope somebody today is willing to be real enough to say to themselves and to say to God, it is not well with my soul. And I've got some questions, and I've got some concerns, and, and I can sense the space between me and God is growing. I can sense that my feet are starting to slip. Listen, a lot of y'all know my story, but, but I know what that's like because I've been in that spot. I almost walked away. I almost quit. 
Not just quit on ministry, but quit on God. Been in church since I was born, been saved since I was five, but there was a space of time in 2005, 2006 when I thought it was all over. I was done. You say, John, what in the world can make you, could make you want to turn your back or even think about turning your back on God and walking away? The same things that were getting to Asaph and maybe some of the same things that are beginning to bug you today. So let's keep reading. Verse 3. We're going to read the, the next several, 10, 10, 11 verses here. Some of y'all didn't know they taught like this in the Bible. I want you to see this. He said, as for me, and my foot almost slipped. I was, I was about done. He said, because I envied the proud when I saw them prosper despite their wickedness. They seem to live such painless lives. Their bodies are so healthy and strong. They don't have trouble like other people. They're not plagued with problems like everybody else. They wear pride like a jeweled necklace and they clothe themselves with cruelty. I love this. These fat cats have everything their hearts could ever wish for. (laughs) I told you, Asaph was ticked off, man. They scoff and speak only evil. In their pride, they seek to crush others. They boast against the very heavens and their words strut through the earth. And so the people are dismayed and they're confused, drinking in all their words. What does does God know, they ask? Does the Most High even know what's happening? Listen, sometimes in those quiet moments when you lay your head down on your pillow and ain't nobody else around to judge you, you think those kind of thoughts. I think those kind of thoughts sometimes. And people think, look at these wicked people enjoying a life of ease while their riches multiply. (laughs) Did I keep my heart pure for nothing? Did I keep myself innocent for no reason? I get nothing but trouble all day long. (laughs) Every morning brings me pain. Y'all didn't know they taught like this in the Bible, did you? God is not afraid of real. God is not afraid of honest. God is not afraid of your midnight conversations with yourself that the next morning you'd never admit ever happened. Doesn't it seem like this world is upside down sometimes? That life is just not fair. And we, we, we have all these sayings. Maybe you've heard some of them too, like, good guys finish last. <laughs> that only the good die young. Asaph's not the only one, apparently, who's noticed that there are some inconsistencies in the way this life should work. Asaph said, I don't, under, I don't understand why the wicked people live painless lives. They seem to be healthy and strong. That resonates with me right now. Listen, I'm just going to be, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know why we've got six people in this church fighting cancer right now. I don't know. I'm the pastor. I'm supposed to know stuff. I have no idea. You saw that in the scripture we just read. Mean and nasty people seem to live forever. Forever. 
and they're never sick. We got six wonderful, God-loving, kingdom-minded women and men who are either are or have been fighting for their lives. And I don't understand. I don't know why one of the sweetest, kindest, most godly ladies in this church passes a kidney stone every day. Every day. I don't know. Jay preached last week. Wasn't that last week? Good Lord, it's been a long week. Jay preached last week about doing the funeral service for a 15-year-old in our community. I don't know why 15-year-olds have to die. It's getting harder and harder to watch the news. I don't know why children and old people and, and innocent civilians are dying in Ukraine. I, I can't explain that to you. Why are millions of babies being aborted? Why, why are children abused? Why are women assaulted and exploited? Why are people still discriminated against because of their race? And the list just goes on and on and on of the things that just keep you up at night. Let's make it even more personal if it's not already personal enough. You ever said, listen, I don't know why in the world these people seem to have money for trips and, and hobbies and vacations and cars and everything that even crosses their mind. I'm over here trying to serve God and just trying to make ends meet every month. Why do I show up every day at work with a good attitude and put in more than I'm supposed to? I do a good job. People all around me stealing from the company, cheating on their hours, and they're getting promoted while I'm still sitting here. And I don't even know your individual stories of pain and grief and loss and tragedy and injustice and abuse that happens far, far too often. I don't even know what you've been through that might have made you said, and it might have made you say, I don't think I deserved that. And I don't know if I want to serve a God who allows stuff like this to go on. We're holding up these declarations about the goodness of, and the power of God on Sundays. There's just some things that's not measuring up. Sometimes we feel like Asaph. What good does it do to be righteous? Why am I going through all this trouble to try to follow this word and to, and to do what I'm supposed to do? Like, where are the benefits for following Jesus? Have I spent all my life living for God and he's not watching my back? And I've heard people like Asaph who sincerely wonder why God doesn't stand up for himself. Like, why doesn't he show up with some mountain-moving force and just silence all the critics and all the skeptics? Why doesn't he show up and just do something amazing that everybody will know it's him? It, he, sa he actually says that in the next psalm. Look at Psalm 74. Let me show you these three verses. And this was written... What, two, three thousand years ago? We no longer see your miraculous signs. All the prophets are gone. Nobody can tell us when it's, when it's all going to end. How long, 
Lord, are you going to allow your enemies to insult you? Will you let them dishonor your name forever? Why do you hold back your strong right hand? Unleash your powerful fist and destroy them. Y'all ever have one of them kill them all kind of moods come over you? <laughs> Y'all like, I don't what kind of church in the world. What in the world? <laughs> God, we read about it. We hear about it. I'm trying to live for you. I'm trying to defend you. But it sure would be better if you'd come and help me out. Right? So what do we do? Well, now we're getting to the good stuff. Okay? Y'all all right? Amen. Psalm 73. Let's go to verse 17. Verse 17. Then I went into your sanctuary, O God. And I finally understood the destiny of the wicked. I went into your sanctuary and I finally understood. Truly, you put them on a slippery path and send them sliding over the cliff to destruction. In an instant, they're destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. When you arise, O oh Lord, you'll laugh at their silly ideas as a person laughs at dreams in the morning. Listen to me. You can walk in peace in a troubling world. You don't have to stumble around in the darkness. You don't have to be plagued by questions every, every time you close your eyes. You don't have to be consumed with comparison. You don't have to wonder if it's worth it all. There is a place that you can go to find what you're looking for, and it is the presence of God the presence of God. Asaph said, I had all this stuff swirling around in my mind, all these questions that were unanswered, and then I walked into the sanctuary, and then I understood. So many times we see these things all around us, and we want to run as far away from God as possible. Asaph was tempted to do that. I was tempted to do that. That's the last thing you need to do when you have these questions arising in your heart. The understanding, the peace that you're looking for is found in His presence. Look, let your doubts and fears drive you into Him, not drive you away from Him. You say, but won't God be mad at me because i got all these questions? I say all these crazy things. I question his character. I question his judgment. Isn't he going to be mad at me about my questions and my doubts? Well, let's just keep reading. Verse 21. Look at what he says. Then I realized my heart was bitter. I was all torn up on the inside. I was so foolish and arrogant. I must have seemed like a senseless animal to you. He's talking to the Lord. And yet I still belong to you. And you hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. Listen, God's not mad at you. So you don't know what I said. God ain't mad at you. He loves you. He wants you to come near to him 
so he can help you, so he can take you by the right hand and counsel you and lead you to where he's had prepared for you to go your whole life. He, he wants you to know he's not forsaken you. The questions may have caused you to walk away from him, but he hasn't moved a single inch. His arms are wide open. He wants you to come to him. He wants you to come in his sanctuary, in his presence. You get your questions answered up close, not far away. When you come into the presence of God, the answer, I want you to make sure you understand this, the answer isn't, found, isn't so much found in the presence of God. The answer is the presence of God. We're going to circle back to verse 17 again here in just a minute, but I want you to see the difference in Asaph from when he came into the presence of God to when he left. So look at verse 25. Right after the one we just, we just read. Whom have I in heaven but you? He said, God, I, I desire you more than anything on this earth. My health may fail. My spirit may grow weak. But God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. Those who desert Him will perish because you destroy those who abandon you. But as for me... That's the second time he said that, isn't it? As for me, how good it is to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my shelter, and I'll tell everyone about the wonderful things you do. God is the strength of my heart. I just have to be near God no matter what else happens. I desire God more than anything on this earth. That's what Asaph said. That's what he found in the sanctuary. The presence of God is all you need. Just being with Him. As long as you stay with Him, you're going to be all right. No matter what happens on this earth, no matter how confusing it gets, no matter how painful it gets, just stay close to Him. The relationship is what you should seek. The blesser above the blessing. The healer above the healing. The provider above the provision. The judge above the justice. Do you understand? Asaph walked into the presence of God and he understood that what he needed the most was not the answers to his question, but to be in the presence of God. Look at what else he, he, he specifically, that specifically helped Asaph to be satisfied. He said when he got a revelation of God in his sanctuary, he understood the destiny he understood the final destination of the wicked. The understanding comes with the revelation that God's plan and power extend beyond this lifetime. Amen. I want to read that again. God's plan and His power extend beyond this lifetime. Amen. You just think, oh, it's almost over. <laughs> No, it's almost beginning. Right. Asaph realized that even if the wicked have enjoyed decades of pleasure on this earth, God can bring all of that to an end in an instant. 
They may have everything they've ever thought about having, but God can take it all the way with the flick of his finger. They think they have everything figured out, but God just laughs at the foolishness of their wicked and arrogant hearts. So, so whatever may be going on in your life, rest assured, nothing is too hard for God. Amen. Keep praying, keep believing, knowing that God is able. But when Asaph came into the sanctuary, he came into the presence of God, he understood the final destination of those who were doing evil. Jay gave a great illustration last week about how brief our life is. You remember the rope? How brief our life is compared to all of eternity. See, we, we've got to quit limiting God's sovereignty, limiting God's ability to our lifespan. Let's don't limit his activity to our 70 or 80s, 80 years on this earth. Let's don't forget that when we take our last breath here, it's just our first breath in eternity. We haven't seen the end of things. We haven't seen how all of this is going to end. We're frustrated in the middle, but we haven't seen the end. The fact is, good people do get sick. And suffer, even when they don't deserve it. The fact is, innocent people do die in wars that were not of their own making. The fact is, evil people do sometimes get away with murder. The fact is, the people who harmed you most in your life may never see the inside of a courtroom, much less the inside of a jail cell. The fact is, there always have been and always will be things on this earth that do not make sense. This is a broken, messed up, upside down world. God didn't design it that way, and he's got a plan to restore it back to its original state. But until that time, we're going to have to deal with some gray areas. The church does not do well with gray. And the problem is we've made stuff up to try to bring clarity into a situation that is simply unexplainable. So we hold to promises that God never made to try to bring peace in a situation that just is just not right. We're going to have to deal with some gray areas. We're going to have to get comfortable with the three words that terrify Christians the most, and that is, I don't know. There's a lot of things that cause frustration in this life. I'm here to tell you today, there is a God who sees and hears and knows everything. A God who looks up and down in the earth and takes notice of what people are doing. Nothing got past him. Just because he hasn't acted on it yet doesn't mean he's not going to. He humbles the proud. He defends the powerless. He inspires people to stand up and fight for what's right. He's a God of justice He's a God of healing. He's a God of comfort. He's a God who rewards the righteous and punishes the wicked. We should never stop interceding on behalf of the sick. 
and the hurting and the broken and the victims of injustice and violence. It's our solemn obligation and it's our great privilege to pray for them and serve them and work on their behalf. But we also have to hold on to the fact that even when things don't get resolved on this side of heaven, that this life is not the end and this world is not our home. Asaph said it in verse 26. He said, my health may fail. My spirit may grow weak, but God is my strength. Even if it doesn't work out the way we thought, even if, the, if we prayed and we didn't get the answer that we wanted, just being with him, just knowing that he is mine forever, Asaph said, that's all I need. Amen. It's all I need. So I want you to understand this. There may be people who openly mock us and our faith, but we serve a God to whom every arrogant knee will bow and every boastful tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and Master. There are things that are going to hurt us and cause us pain on this earth, but we serve a God who will wipe away every tear. There are people who, that we've lost and we don't understand why, but we serve a God that promises there will be a great reunion one day. We serve a God who promises us that one day there'll be no more sickness and there'll be no more pain and there'll be no more dying and there'll be no more suffering. A God who gives us a new body and a new name. There are people on this earth who were taken advantage of and mistreated and nobody stood up for them. But one day, every wrong will be made right. And every injustice will be vindicated. Vengeance will be carried out. God will repay the proud and the arrogant and the evil who trampled on the innocent and the helpless, who exploited the weak and the powerless. They might have died with a smile, a smug smile on their faces, but they're going to open their eyes to the face of a God who is not smiling back. I'm just trying to tell you, whatever you're going through, it's not over yet. It's not over yet. Get as close to Jesus as you can. And then you can't lose. The victories that aren't won in this life are won in eternity. God is not limited to the span of a human lifetime. His power and sometimes His plan is for eternity. I want you to look what Jesus said in Matthew 5. I'm almost done. Matthew 5. Lord, y'all ain't ready. Y'all ain't used to getting out till noon. I got like 25 more minutes to preach in the world. I'm just kidding. Matthew, Matthew 5, verse 3. Blessed, Jesus said this, blessed are the poor in spirit because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It doesn't say blessed are the poor in spirit because I'm going to give them a million dollars for their trouble. Right? Quit listening to TBN. <laughs> blessed are those who mourn because they're going to be comforted. Blessed are those who are meek because they're going to inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, because they will be 
filled. Blessed are the merciful because they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart because they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers because they'll be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The reward of the righteous and the punishment of the proud is not contained to this lifetime. You say, but John, listen, there there are people who really do suffer in this life. They are in real pain. And you are absolutely correct. And I'm not trying to minimize what, what people go through on this earth. I have seen my fair share of people I love suffer through things that I just, I couldn't explain. But I have to tell you the spiritual reality today is that what we go through on this earth is no comparison to what is awaiting us on the other side. I want you to take it from somebody who knows what suffering is. Listen to the the life. Here's just a quick description of, of the Apostle Paul and what he said he'd been through. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. That's with a whip on his back. That's five times 39. That's almost 200 stripes that he took on his back. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. That's with rocks, by the way. Uh, Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole day and night adrift at sea. Three times he was shipwrecked. I don't know why he got on the boat the third time. Like once could happen to anybody. Twice, sums up. Three times, no sir, I'll walk. I'll swim. Once I spent a whole night and a day at sea, I've traveled on many long journeys. I've faced dangers from rivers and from robbers. I've faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I've faced dangers in the cities and in the deserts and on the seas. I've faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I've been hungry and thirsty. I've gone often without food. I've shivered in the cold without enough clothes to keep me warm. Written by the Apostle Paul in chapter 11 of his letter to the 2 Corinthians. Here's what he said seven chapters before that, knowing full well what he had been through. This may be my favorite passage of scripture in all of the Bible. He said, that's why we never give up. Listen, were you thinking about like Asaph was? Are you thinking about walking away? Are you thinking about giving up today? Paul said, this is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying and our spirits But our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and they won't last very long. Dude got whipped 200 times. And in the King James it says, but our light and momentary afflictions. He said, yeah, we've been through some bad stuff, but it's small and it won't last very long because they they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them 
and will last forever. So we don't look at the trouble that we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone. Listen, that's the good stuff and the bad stuff. It doesn't matter if you've got a great life or a horrible life. Whatever's going on in your life right now, it won't be going on for long because very soon it'll be over. Don't get your eyes on the things that you can see. Paul said, but we look at the things that we can't see because those things last forever. Forever. There are things in this world that are hard to accept and hard to understand. They're hard to deal with. There are things that don't seem fair and just aren't right. There will be things that you pray for and it just seems like they're not answered. Just know the power and the plan of God extend beyond our ability to see it. Listen, justice is always served. People are always healed. Those who mourn are always comforted. The righteous are always rewarded. The wicked are always punished. But you have to get in the presence of God and stay there in order to understand it and to be able to walk in peace. And the beautiful thing about walking in the presence of the Lord on this earth is that when this life fades into the next one, heaven just feels like home because you've already been in his presence there's a lot of problems there's a lot of questions that we have in this life but when we walk in the into the presence of the lord then we understand y'all stand with me please I know this is Palm Sunday and we're supposed to be talking about the rocks not rocks crying out and Hosanna to the son of David. But this was urgent in my spirit. When, when Pastor Bruce texted me let me know that he had a conflict, I, th- this is almost immediately where the Lord led me. And if it didn't really apply to you today, Just hang on, honey. You'll be there. You'll be there. Listen, we're going to pray. The team's going to sing something, and and, uh, we'll be dismissed together in just a few minutes. But um, don't don't push those questions back. Go ahead and let them come up and come out. Go ahead and have those honest conversations with the Lord. You, You need to hear yourself say it so that you know after you've said the worst you can think of that he still loves you and he's still with you and he's still guiding you and holding your hand so listen I'm going to pray and this altar is open our altar is always open it is never closed so anytime you feel a drawing to come and pray you come and pray and if you want to pray about whatever's going on that that may have been touched by this message today you come on but if you've got something else going on in your life that you want to pray about you've got a big decision coming up whatever it is that's going on you come and pray about whatever it is and we'll pray with you or if you prefer to be left alone we'll leave you alone but just if the Lord is drawing you then just come because I know this about my Lord if he draws you he's going to meet you here 
He's going to meet you here. You say, well, is he going to bring the, is he going to bring the answer? <laughs> he is the answer. Father, I just pray that you, would, uh, that you would help us today to understand what your word says and help us to walk it out in the, in the dark and dismal and uncomfortable and, and confusing and upsetting days in which we live. Lord, this is a crazy world, and that's not your fault. I pray, God, that you would help us to draw close to you today. And you, you just bring us into your presence and you would help us to understand that even when we don't have every answer to every question, that you are our strength and our help and our peace. Lord, I pray that you draw every person to this altar that you want to meet with today. And Lord, I pray that you'd help every one of us to trust you and to walk in your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast. To find out more information about our ministry, just visit our website at www.covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. And give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.